Hey there, thanks for joining me today for another episode of Lymphedema Podcast. My name is Betty. I'm a certified lymphedema therapist, passionate lymphedema advocate, wife, mother, and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. What began as a small passion project in 2019 to provide answers and explanations to people with the lymphatic disease lymphedema has now reached more than 75 countries. Whether you're a patient, caregiver, or medical professional, or someone interested in lymphedema, there is an episode here for you. Every week this season, there will be a new episode to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. I am so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Hello and welcome to episode 96 of Lymphedema Podcast. This episode launches the 2022 season of Lymphedema Podcast. I cannot find the words to really tell you how excited I am for this new season. The episodes this month have been intentionally crafted, researched, and prepared to highlight some important topics in the lymphedema community that, in my opinion, are not openly discussed enough. I want to start and highlight two words that, when mentioned separately, I understand But when I first heard them used in the same sentence side by side, it shocked me. These words are medical trauma. Clinically, medical trauma is defined as a set of psychological and physiological responses to pain, injury, serious illness, medical procedures, and frightening treatment experiences. Medical trauma can be viewed as an acute onset of a disrupted physiological system in which the ongoing threatens its internal and may be long-term or permanent. This differs from an external trauma like a car accident, where once the event ends, that trauma threat is gone. So that was a lot for me to read. And my brain doesn't fully comprehend what all that means. And for many of you listening, you're thinking, Hmm, maybe I, yeah, maybe that's me a little bit, or maybe have felt some of these threatening experiences. So I brought someone on who is a professional, and this guest today is Allison. She is a licensed professional counselor supervisor, a registered play therapist supervisor, and an approved EMDR consultant. Her previous background was in education of the deaf, and she's currently in private practice in Texas, where she specializes in trauma, as well as other types of trauma therapy, working with adults, parents, and children. Allison became interested in specializing in medical trauma during her own experience with a life-changing medical issue that involved healing from past traumas, as well as her ongoing medical trauma as part of her physical treatment plan. Her practice now focuses primarily in training new therapists to be able to understand how clients' real experiences of pain and medical issues can be worsened by past traumas, as well as how they are affected by medical treatments and how getting healing for the psychological trauma can impact the body's ability to handle physical issues. Allison? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. And thanks for having me. So this topic is new to me. And what's really special about our conversation today is that this episode is is launching on 
March 1st, which is lymphedema awareness month. And I feel very strongly about starting off this new season of the podcast intentionally in March to focus on some special topics. And I feel extra intentional about this episode being the very first episode to set the tone for what I hope to accomplish in this year's season of lymphedema podcasts. The topic is new to me and I want to become more trauma-informed. And even the word trauma-informed is a term I've just learned in the last two months while researching this topic. And so the questions I have for you today, they're elemental, but they seem really deep to me. I hope that you are patient with me if I have a lot of questions and want you to define words. Um, But I just want to first start with what is medical trauma? Yeah, great question. And I'm excited to be able to explain this. Yes, from that definition, let me just give you some examples that might help you uh, and your listeners to be able to understand. So from the definition, it is our responses to um, medical things that can happen to us, scary experiences, basically, in in medical situations. And so for for some examples, and and let me even um, back up a little bit and explain that we can have traumatic experiences from things that we don't have a visual memory for. So um, for example, you know, we think about uh, infants and I can't remember my infancy. I don't have a visual memory for things that happened before, you know, say the age of three or four, Um, but our bodies hold those memories. So even uh, traumatic birth experiences for an infant can cause medical trauma that affects later in life. And so medical interventions that are needed during, before, after birth, and medical procedures that happen during infancy are examples of medical trauma. And any time throughout life, sudden life-threatening illnesses or injuries, um, that feeling of shock or being out of control, uh, finding out about a new medical diagnosis is an example of medical trauma. And any kind of complications or problems during or after a medical procedure, um, unexpected or emergency medical interventions. Being in the hospital can cause trauma, even if it's an expected hospital stay, just the way the staff has to come in and do frequent checks and nighttime checks, the constant noises and, you know, the, the IV beeping, the, the monitoring beeping can, can cause some um, later traumatic uh, triggers for people. And there's a delirium that can happen with certain medications that people are on that can cause frightening images that can become intrusive for them later on, nightmares or, um, you know, even PTSD type flashbacks. There can be trauma from providers themselves, either uh, actual or perceived mistreatment, and which is unfortunate, we know actually happens. And from past traumatic experiences, we can perceive that it's happening, even if the provider's doing their absolute best, we can still perceive that there's mistreatment there. And relational trauma, uh, partners becoming caregivers all of a sudden in a relationship where that wasn't the case before, and changes in relationships between parents and children as 
children receive a diagnosis and parents have to parent them differently and can cause relational trauma. Uh, there's an, a, an ableism that can can cause trauma for us the way the world treats us because of our new identity as a person with a disability and with a, an ongoing medical issue. And, and this and is something that a lot of us don't even examine, but there can be a moral injury to us as we go from um, being very unaware of an, an implicit bias that we may have had if you come into a diagnosis later in life and um, realize that you may have treated others who have been dealing with their own illnesses or disabilities. And suddenly you're experiencing that yourself and you're experiencing being treated differently and realize, oh, I've been looking at other people in a different way and now I'm that person. And so all of those things can be medical trauma. They all fit under that umbrella and not all of it's necessarily traumatic to every person. And each person's going to experience it differently in the context of their own um, past experiences, their own trauma background, um, based on their support system, what helped them get through it and um, their perspective on life. All of those things will affect how they experience those, those types of things. That's eye-opening because some of those things I've considered and many of them I have not when thinking about people I've worked with um, through many avenues in the lymphedema community, or I've kind of thought back and gone, you know, that's probably medical trauma that they were experiencing. Or I've th I thought about myself. I know that we had a conversation before the interview today where we talked about the birth experience. Um, yes. I've had my first son within the last two years. Um, I went in and within the first 20 minutes, I was like, it's going all wrong. This yes. is all wrong. And that for me, something unexpected has been a form of medical trauma that I didn't Absolutely. even think about until that day we talked. And so this is opening my eyes to many different faces, I guess, mm -hmm. of medical trauma. It's not one one size fits all. And it's every it's individualized and subjective to how you experience it. Yes. I would like to dig a little deeper to see you gave really great examples. What are some ways that this could impact children and adults with lymphedema mm -hmm. and maybe how to recognize those uh, I don't, would you even call it signs and symptoms? Like medically, I say, do you have signs and symptoms of right. Is it the same verbiage in this type of therapy? Yeah. Clinically, we are looking for signs and symptoms as well. We go underneath those signs and symptoms to look at what the root causes are. And so statistically, about 80% of children in their families experience traumatic stress reactions following a medical trauma. That's a large amount have the stress reactions. About 20 to 30% um, of parents and about 15 to 25% of children um, experience what we call persistent traumatic stress. So an ongoing amount of traumatic stress or possibly PTSD types of responses. That's still quite a lot uh, that, that experience that. And I wanted to make sure you heard the parents statistic in there. The parents are experiencing this as well. Um, and That's it can be number. even, 
It is. And it's, and it can be even more for the parents than it is for the children. And so the things that we're looking for to see if this, um, this is going on, uh, and it can happen right after the trauma, it can pop up years later and it's, it doesn't necessarily have to occur immediately following and um, what they've experienced. And so oftentimes the parents, the child, even the adult isn't um, connecting what they're experiencing now with what they, what happened to them and in kind of going through and, and putting all the pieces together, we can, can realize that, that these probably are, are related. And, um, so intrusive thoughts is is one of the big ones of uh, replaying details or memories of what happened to them. And it might be um, something they smell or sounds, certain sounds, sights, things like that bring up those memories for them. Like I mentioned, the um the beeping in the hospital, you know, they might hear that and it brings up that memory for them. Uh, so replaying over and over again, things that, that they've experienced can be one of the, the things that we look for and avoidance of things. So, um, there might be an avoidance of places or people that remind you of the event, uh, such as, um, one of my clients, every time they drove by a hospital, uh, their child would get really dysregulated. They would get very upset and driving past a hospital and, uh, they might get upset having to go to doctor's appointments and, or there might be an avoidance of making a doctor's appointment. I have an adult client who has a lot of medical issues and just won't go to the doctor. And mm -hmm. um, even though rationally they know they really need to, they might avoid getting the treatments that they need. They might stop taking the medication or um, not take the medication that might be helpful, those types of things. There also might be an avoidance of the feelings, not allowing yourself to feel whatever the feelings might be about what's going on with the condition um, or with the event that happened or an avoidance of talking about it with other people uh, can be one of the red flags. On the opposite end of things, there can be an over-focus on symptoms. So um, for some conditions, you really have to track symptoms and you need to track all the other things related to the symptoms. Um, and it's important to do that. Uh, one thing trauma therapy can help with figuring out is what's the difference um, between that ne necessary need to know what's going on with my body versus that over-focus, that hypervigilance is what we call it, where um, I'm assigning a meaning to everything that's happening in my body. Um, and it's a very dangerous meaning. And that often can come from traumatic experiences where, um, you know, everything that I'm feeling in my body feels like uh, I'm, I'm, it's going to be dangerous to me. And um, a question to ask is what time zone and I'm, am I in? Am I able to experience what I'm experiencing right now in the present? Or am I projecting something into the future um, that could be really bad? And reality is it really could be for many people with chronic and progressive medical conditions. And so 
therapy can help us if we can resolve some past traumatic experiences that better allows us to figure out, is this a realistic um, fear that I have, or is this being compounded from my past trauma? Lymphedema Podcast is made possible by the support of Eros Medical, Ryland's Feet Foundation, Dr. Jenna Wishnu at Lamb Vascular and Associates, Juzo Compression, MediUSA, and the National Lymphedema Network. For more information and to browse previous episodes, visit the Lymphedema Podcast website. It sounds like I'm hearing you say that focusing on, not focusing, but addressing your past trauma or medical experience in the present can help for your future management yes, or even absolutely. your approach. Yes. So you've just taken all three of those past, present, and future, mm-hmm. and you can improve it or you can yes. prepare yourself or better yourself. I think that absolutely that is, I haven't thought about that yet. That's a good thing. I'm all about analogies and an analogy I like to use and is we all have that junk drawer in our kitchen. I might be the only one, but I I kind of suspect most people have at least one junk drawer in their kitchen. And so I'm working on the past stuff that has happened to us and therapeutically getting it resolved in our brain, getting it filed away in an organized way and through therapy is like cleaning out that junk drawer. So if I'm cooking right now in my kitchen and I need the right tool, I need to be able to grab that out of the junk drawer and know which one I need and, and, and be able to find it quickly and then go and know what I'm cooking with and be able to do my thing. And if that junk drawer is just full of stuff, I'm going to have a hard time doing that. And so our brain works in a similar way. If we can clear out stuff and get it put in an organized way, then it doesn't get in the way of what we're doing currently. We can, we can see more clearly what's going on and we can make better decisions um, about what needs to happen in the future. And we don't have all the emotional baggage that that drags us down as well. So we can and we can make better decisions. I really like that analogy. I can relate to it. (laughs) Most people can. So, and there's a couple of other red flags. So uh, we might also have changes in the way we think or feel and beliefs about ourselves or beliefs about others. So shame comes up a lot. You know, I might feel like I'm worthless. I don't have value. And especially uh, as our functioning is changing. And, you know, there was a period of time where I was in bed for much of the day and I had to quit work and couldn't do all the things I was doing. I felt terrible about myself and, and uh, was not able to see any possibilities for the future. Uh, obviously that's going to change emotions as well. And so that's a a good indication that uh, I, I had some trauma that needed to be cleared out so that I could change that thinking about myself. And you might start thinking differently about other people. It could show up in your relationship with your partner. It could show up in your relationship with a parent and child, you know, relationship. Uh, difficulty in trusting medical providers. Now I need to add a caveat in there. Um, I think it's healthy 
to have a little bit of skepticism. And I, I think we've all who have been on the, yeah. you know, in the medical world and needing medical help have learned, you know, that our medical providers are not gods and we need to do our own research and be our own advocates. And so a little bit of distrust is, is necessary. And it, it's more about uh, being afraid of our medical providers. And that tells us that there might be some some traumatic stuff going on there. And and then for a lot of people with medical trauma, there's just this um, persistent feeling of anxiety, being on edge, being nervous. And that just is is always ongoing in children that can look more like irritability. Uh, they don't always, they, they almost never say I'm, I'm scared. And they, they might not show that it's, it's anxiety. It, it can look a little bit more like irritability in lots of children. Can irritability or anger. I what to say, look like, you know, tantrums. Kind of erratic behavior, mm-hmm. really sporadic emotions and or making a big deal out of something as like right yeah so a lot of times parents will bring kids in for counseling because of their behavior and that's typically what brings a a child in um, is behavioral issues and we look underneath the behavior and realize oh actually there's a whole bunch of anxiety going on here and and you know these temper tantrums the child is throwing or their refusal to go to school or um, separation anxiety you know at an age that it's where we don't normally see the separation anxiety those types of things and we're realizing, or they're, you know, beating up their little brother or sister all the time. Those types of things we're realizing are actually, this child doesn't know how to handle all the emotions that they're dealing with and related to their medical issues. And, And sensory issues go along with that as well. So we see a lot of sensory issues with medical trauma and a child who has sensory issues does not know how to handle the sensory input they're getting and that can come out in behavior as well. Is like body incontinence, uh, bowel bladder, would that mm-hmm. be an example of, and that's not necessarily sensory, but just a behavior. Is that a behavior? It can be. Yes. And, and then what the child does with that sometimes, and we, we see those issues and, and uh, yes. Uh, So what we're finding out, we learn more and more about the brain and it's fascinating. What we're finding out is the gut is the second brain Mm -hmm. and, and it's very much tied to um, what's going on in our brain. And so children who have trauma, adults who have trauma often have a lot of gut issues and there's very, very much a, a tie there. So anytime, you know, I'm seeing somebody um, I'm, I'm finding out about their digestive system, which is a weird thing to ask when you're in counseling, but there's, there's a relationship there. Yeah, definitely plays a role. And lymphedema yeah. management, um, your central lymphatic system is, I mean, just overlaid onto the intestinal tract, yes. uh, the cardiovascular system. Um, many people talk about irregularity or, mm-hmm. um, 
inflammation in their body that's related to their stress impacting their lymphedema. And so in the lymphedema terms of things, how that can play a role in it as well, where those are almost three layers to it as well as your your gut health, your mental health, your lymphatic health. They all just have a big onion. Very closely connected. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I want to... I want to make sure I hit all the points because I have been taking some notes and these are really good red flags to be looking for. If, is it possible that some medical trauma is compounding in the essence that where it didn't bother you, you know, that first or second visit, if you had to go to the ER and I'm thinking of someone who's not necessarily a young child, um, I'm kind of thinking of an, of an older adult, but even a young child. So maybe you, you, you dealt fine with that first or second visit, um, that was kind of emergent or scary, but then the third, fourth, fifth, even it's like, every time you go, it's just getting worse and worse. And your anxiety is worse or your, your response is worse. Um, does medical trauma build like that? Or maybe it wasn't a big deal. And then later it's such a big deal. You have to address it. Absolutely. And the way our brains work uh, is by filing information together that's similar. So experiences that are similar get filed in the same place. And so when something new happens, the brain looks for that file that is familiar and pulls up the whole file of things that aren't necessarily resolved. And so I'm back in the ER. I've been in the ER before. The brain is going to look back for all the unresolved memories that um, happened in the past and um, will make that current ER experience feel just like all of those past experiences all together. And so um, it's like we're experiencing all of those things all at once. And it doesn't have to necessarily be just ER experiences. It can be lots of other experiences that maybe feel familiar. So it can be anytime I felt like I wasn't in control or anytime I feel like I wasn't being listened to um, or wasn't being respected. Um, one particular trauma can't be teased out from other life experiences. And so um, there's actually this, uh, this um, idea of intersectionality where um, there's a, a disproportionate amount of medical trauma that has happened in marginalized, vulnerable communities. There's studies that show how, um, for example, um, Black women are treated in OB-GYN communities um, related to white women. Mm -hmm. And so my experience um, in the ER is going to be very different from a Black woman's experience in the ER. And um, her uh, racial trauma might come into play and make that her experience even far worse um, than it might be for me. So we can't tease out all of our other life experiences, just not even just our ER experiences. All of those things do get compounded over time. In preparing for this episode, and I don't talk about it necessarily here because 
I couldn't figure out where to plug the content because I was playing with the idea of a Black History Month post relating mm-hmm. to medical trauma and yeah. medical trauma post. I came across an article about um, women of color who have breast cancer and develop secondary lymphedema and the timeline in which it was addressed, their symptoms and severity um, based on being kind of ignored or told it's it's yes. really lymphedema. Yes. And I've had women of all colors come to me and say that their doctor just said, no, lymphedema isn't a really thing. You're swelling because of salt or you're swelling because yes. of your diet. Um, so it really brought up that point of those underserved communities and those mm-hmm. who are really vulnerable to already having a poor healthcare experience. And then yeah. adding on top of it, something like lymphedema, that's not very well understood. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I've been thinking about that quite a bit too, about how that affects different, different people in different communities. There's a book called Doing Harm by Maya Doonesbury that um, pulls together a bunch of different studies um, related to women in particular um, and re- regarding autoimmune disorders and um, women being sent home from the ER in the midst of a heart attack with anti-anxiety medication because they're not being taken seriously and women with autoimmune issues being called chronic complainers and, and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's a real thing. And that does compound our trial, our trauma and, um, and make those experiences feel even worse when we're, we're not listened to. I would like to review a few more of the red flags that you talked about. Sure. So you had talked about intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. Can those be harmful thoughts or are they, because you also brought up um, belief about self. So an intrusive thought could be like, I'm, I'm worthless. I'm not, I don't want to bother anyone or burden anyone. But can it also be, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Like I should just, you know, not be here because I'm a burden or, um, you know, I actually just intrusive thoughts. All these words are so new for me. I'm learning Mm -hmm. so much. Um, I was just on a parenting, um, Instagram account where she talked about intrusive thoughts with mothers and how it's like, have you ever been driving down the road and you don't want to die? You don't want to kill your kids, but you're like, Oh, I could use a nap. If we just like ran into the (laughs) wall here, I'm like, that seems really dramatic as an intrusive thought, but are they that dramatic or harmful yeah and and there's different degrees of of how harmful they are and different degrees of of worry about that um it can be really mild from you know times of intense pain of I just can't do this pain anymore. I don't want to be here anymore to thinking about what to do about that. And when it gets to, to even the beginnings of, I don't want to be here anymore. That is a big red flag of, all right, we, we really do want to get some support for this person and, and help them be able to find some hope. Cause that's a sign of there's, there's not hope that this is going to change. 
Medical trauma is something that needs to be taken seriously and something that is worth our time to consider how medical trauma has affected each and every one of us, especially those living with a chronic and progressive condition like lymphedema. There's much to unpack here with Allison. I hope you will join us next week as we finish medical trauma part two. We will talk about caregivers and parents of children with lymphedema. Mother Teresa says loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about medical trauma. Remember, if there is a topic you're looking for, the website has a full library of the podcast. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.